Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, people out there. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Made it through the week, almost. <laughs> the weather's almost. nice again. <laughs> I'm the worst, because I'll complain all winter, and I'll be like, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was too hot I tried taking a walk and I was trying to push my miles and then I got dizzy because it was too hot and I was probably dehydrated so yeah I feel better I took a walk for like a half hour and came back I needed a half hour nap to recover from my walk like I was just seat exhausted <laughs> I felt very like weak <laughs> like why did you need a nap to recover from a walk but it was very hot outside it is but yeah in the mass world we're so close yet so far because we are in episode 16, but I almost feel like we're never going to get to the end. It's, it's bad. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel like the whole audience is just like, when will this end? And just for everybody's awareness, the TV schedule is as follows. Next week, they're doing like some Married at First Sight special that we are not going to watch. We're sorry. We're taking the week off. And then... <laughs> Then the week after that is Decision Day. Okay, good. We're going to get to Decision Day on May 12th. Then, for the first time in MAPS history, we will have a two-part reunion. One on the 19th, one on the 26th. It'll be Memorial Day before these people are done. And that's just, like, depressing. Like, I was telling Aid off air, like, I just feel defeated by this show. Like, this show has won. It has broke me. We have extended this so long that I think I hate all the couples including my beloved Ryan and Clara. Like, I don't know what else there is to give. That the reunion being two parts, I'm like, what in edited hell are they going to show us? 
<laughs> but eight is excited, right? At least by the reunion, everybody would have said yes or no. The truth can start coming out. People can start litigating their relationship and who did what. It's almost like a whole new show at the reunion. But those two parts better be one hour each. That's all I got. Oh, God. (laughs) They better be. And we've been talking about this a lot. So Aid is excited about the reunion. And honestly, to be fair, in reality shows, the reunion is always the best part. But like I said, Maps has beaten me down. I feel defeated. I don't even feel anything. But... I just feel like the reunion doesn't mean anything because now the reunions are like a month apart. Back in the day, it used to be six months and then we'll know like the hatred has had time to sit, marinate, and then, you know, (laughs) come out with the anger six months later, you know. But with this, it's like a month later. Like, we don't know if you chose to stay together, but you're about to break up a week later. It's too soon. But that doesn't matter, right, for you, Aid, But for me, it does. It doesn't matter to me because... I think every season that I've watched, yes, the reunion has only been like a month or two after decision day, but the couples that said yes on decision day made sure to break up by the reunion. So we got to watch them (laughs) explain to us what happened between decision day and then. And I don't recall too many. I was thinking maybe Ryan and Jacqueline were maybe an only couple that showed up to the reunion were still together. And then like a month after that broke up. But other than that, in all the seasons that I've watched, the reunions have been reflective of the results of the show. Ergo, I don't mind if they do it quickly. Did you watch Cody and Danielle's season? No. Okay. Yeah, because you're right. A lot of the ones who had broken up were from, you know, the other seasons. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, just make it happen and let the season end and let's just put in the history and let's re-rank and know where we're putting this does this rank do you think in your top half or your lower half or you don't decide until reunion i think i have to wait to the reunion until okay my current thing is that it would be right there in the middle which i know is a cop out it's definitely not (laughs) at the top (laughs) it it can't be at the top but i'm not sure if it's quite at the bottom either i know and then the sad part not necessarily sad is that you're hoping that they learn from this and next season isn't going to be a dumpster fire. But but we're in the street. We got some tea. We're people who know people. We already know one dumpster fire of a couple. Like, you know, we're not, not going to share. I We actually don't know who it is. We just have characteristics. So when we see them, we'll know who it is. But we can't have another season like this. Like, But Maps is not a show that learns from its mistakes. So I'm beginning to think New Orleans was a fluke. <laughs> I don't think it was a fluke because... I would say Maps is a show that has had more good seasons than bad. And actually the things, I mean, we're in the, we're in the trenches right now. We're in the home stretch. We, we're in, we've had to watch a lot of filler, but I feel like we can get back our excitement for the show when we don't have to watch these same people who we've now watched for one quarter of the year on our television. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Yeah, and then because of COVID and the world and everything, just give us happy couples. Like, let's just see what that's like. But, yeah. Okay, we'll stop complaining now. Okay. (laughs) In fact, we'll stop complaining to switch to gratitude to thank our Patreon people, our lovely patrons, Shern, Emily, Alexa, and Dana. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Our next bonus episode on patreon will be us watching unmatchables which i'm sure those of you who dvr this show your dvr has caught it 
And we'll just let you guys know what we think of this latest map spinoff. That we shall. Okay. What happened on social media this week, Tang? Um, I don't know. A lot of things are not happening because the streets are opening. So I think, you know, there's more activity. The people who are active are the parents. And there's only so much updates I can provide you that their babies are thriving and they're cute. Um, people like Diana and Greg, I've been refreshing. Not much out there. So, but good for them. That means they're raising their baby <laughs> in the cocoon of their home. And when they're ready, they're ready. Because I think we forget that these people don't owe us anything. You know, <laughs> they have a right to live their lives the way they want to live their lives. And before we started podcasting, I honestly just didn't follow the lives of the couples. Just, you know, you were done, you were done. If you made it to, you know, the news or in social media, oh, I'll be like, oh, that happened. But other than that, I didn't know. Which is probably why I didn't know that Amber from Charlotte was a singer. She is? Because <laughs> she did, like, uh, ask me anything. And everyone kept saying, like, she's not posting enough of her music. I don't know if she got her friends to answer that. But that's how I found out that she sings. I didn't know that Keith was a writer. So he has a book out and everything. So. Wow. I'm learning things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is how far I was digging. I was like, what? I need activity, people. But um, yeah, but he had like a he does ads too. He was like uh doing an ad for Colgate, I, I wanna believe, for toothbrush. So good for him. I'm just here for anybody making coins. Anyway, which way, sell anything. Um, I think the biggest thing this week was like a, allegedly Vince's ex did like a Reddit. And I say allegedly because we do not have proof that it is her. We do not know. I don't we're not saying anything that's fact, just what we saw. And she actually didn't say bad things about Vince. She just said, you know, they drifted apart and, you know, he was actually kind of passive. And these, I call them tantrums. Is tantrums a heavy word for the things Vince does? Because that's what I I think it's a perfectly appropriate description. (laughs) So she says, this is not who he is. And I know in the beginning of the season, you know, his family had said something about him having a temper. I don't think we've seen him have a temper. We've seen him irritated. But she also said that, you know, that's not him. Again, we don't know if it's her, but kind of nice that she's not saying anything mean. It's very easy to sling mud at your ex's name. So good for him, I guess. Yeah, she didn't sling mud, but she did say she did say that he was not the most ambitious. I'm trying to think of like the word choice she actually used, but basically that he is not focused on hustling which is a little bit different from what the show is trying to portray him as but <laughs> he's trying to live a legacy aid <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that was a little bit negative which actually almost made me think that really is her because <laughs> if someone said I'm the ex and said too many positive things I'd be like <laughs> um, are you an ex or are you the person or are you their friend trying to get them you know, some internet points. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it's a negative because he has shown parts of that in terms of, well, not for his career, I guess. Because, I mean, he just wants to stay home all the time. And he says he's tired all the time and he just wants to nap. So. And that's the opposite of ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to be an independent businessman. I want to nap is not part of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Chris, in case you've forgotten him, the one who just ruined Paige's life on Maps World, he is still attacking Jacob. He tried to act like he's not watching the show, but clearly he's watching Unfiltered. <laughs> because, I don't know, should I ask, was Jake on Unfiltered today? He, this week? He was, no, he wasn't. <laughs> okay, so maybe he just watched the episode or something, because he kept going on about, you know, and all the things he's done. He's never asked for a gift back. And he should stop whining and he should probably return the bracelet before the gift receipt um, expires. And he's just still attacking him. And like all the things he says he's going to say that he should say face to face that he was supposed to return his phone call, but he didn't. And I'm like, just let it go. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to see each other ever again in life. Like just end it. And I don't know if he's going to be there on decision day. Do you think he'll be at the reunion? I hope he's at the reunion because that's. <laughs> that's going to generate some entertainment value I, I, I must say I mean because they hate him and he hates them back I feel yes. like he was strolling 30 minutes later <laughs> or walk out or walk off the set I almost feel like we should play, do like a drinking game things we think are definitely going to happen take a shot if it happens so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I am I, maybe I'm not a, a classy person because I'm like I want to see some like hold me back type behavior I want to see some yelling. (laughs) Boys, girls, anybody, maybe a hair pull. I mean. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, I know this is not, you know, that type of show, but I'm like, for a two-part reunion, can you just give me something? I can't wait to rip them to shreds because you cannot convince me that they're going to have enough material for a two-part reunion. It is still maps. So, yeah. You're probably right. But one can (laughs) Yes, one can hope. And finally, I mean, I know two weeks ago I had talked about, you know, Jeffy and Shawnee's having some drama. They have not said anything about it anymore. In fact, Shawnee just posted, you know, getting her summer body back. And she actually looks good. She cut out sugar, cut out carbs, and she's working out. But I noticed that Jeffy is still posting and it has the... I can see ornaments that from their house that I recognize. I sound like a creepy person. But I can just recognize like the things that he's hanging in the house and he's still there. So if they're not together, I wouldn't think that he would be the one at the house because her mom and her stepdad live downstairs. Yeah. So So, one day they'll tell us. One day they'll tell us. I'm very curious to see. Even in the promos for Couples Camp, they're still on there. Really? And I remember (laughs) when I talked to you about, um, well, not. I haven't seen actual scenes, but like the pic- the couples that are included. But remember when I we were talking about the drama um, offline and you were like, well, we'll see if it lasts because, you know, they're good at making up, breaking up and getting back together. So, yeah, that's all that's going on with um, previous couples. I just need them to do more stuff, man. <laughs> maybe they have two whole weeks until our next episode. So maybe they'll get to work on on doing things to create content for you. Thank you. I hope they do. <laughs> Putting it out in the universe. So, Aid, how was Unfiltered this week? It was fine. It was Haley, Pastor Cal, and Ryan. Ryan's mustache is real ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was the season finale of Unfiltered. Jamie made sure to tell us that at the top of the show. Yay! Right? <laughs> Yay. I'm like, I don't, I mean... You're just going to come back next year. Why don't you make it the series finale of Unfiltered and then we can talk. Or I think I've seen this a lot and I'm surprised she's never addressed it. Like people have been talking about changing the host. Why Beth is in the conversation, I don't know. 
But Beth and Amani have been thrown into the mix. And I'm like, Amani is the clear winner. They'll probably stick with Jamie. They probably will. I kind of wish that they would have someone who has no connection to the show. Well, then we'll get a Sean Robinson 90 Day Fiance situation. Not someone who doesn't watch the show. (laughs) 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 Who has not personally participated. I don't don't think being a participant makes you a better unfiltered host. Um, I don't know. I think Amani could probably find that balance because she had like a different experience. Who knows? We'll never find out. When will Jamie have the opportunity to remind us once again that she was not attracted to her husband when she first saw him, but you can overcome that. (laughs) On Instagram, she would tell us about her hubby. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm filtered. So the three of them, they start with... The Haley and Jacob bickering about the text messages, which I don't even know if we even talked about that last week. Maybe it's because we've just seen them bicker about the text messages so many times. But we I don't think we mentioned it last week when they what bickered is- about it. When when she got to the house and he's like, you didn't respond to my text messages. And she's like, yes, I did. But you didn't respond to the last one. Another example of Jacob just looking foolish. Oh, okay. I remember that. It was so insignificant. And again, who cares? They talk about the same thing all the time. (laughs) So Pastor Cal says that they have a lot of conversations where you, he called it forecasting, where you act or react to what you think will happen before you even have the information. He was also like marveling over the eight eggs. He's just like, that could be the family of four. (laughs) And Haley said that her frustration was that he wasn't listening when she told him the plan for Friday night and he was in a bad mood. And because they can always tell when something's playing well, they play bracelet gate again scenes. And Haley was like, well, I don't think it was about the bracelet by the time we were fighting at the house because the bracelet (laughs) wasn't an issue anymore. I was like, okay. Um, They show the first night dinner that was so terrible, and they all laugh. Ryan, Pastor Cal, Jamie, Haley, they just laugh, which I'm glad, because what else are you going to (laughs) do besides (laughs) laugh at that foolishness? And she explained that she was upset that he didn't learn anything, and she was definitely feeling some kind of way that he said that. Jamie asked, "Did, did you think that he was poking at you? And she said the pointed comments, the name calling, the assumptions... This entire process is what it's been, and that's not acceptable to her. Mm. Pastor Cal said that they had no boundaries in that fight. You were throwing shade, and he was too. And then Pastor Cal had a line. He said, he was being J.C. Petty, and you were being Petty LaBelle. Oh, my God. I bet he was so proud of himself, too. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan laughed. (laughs) Ryan was like, um... Me and Clara were sorry we missed night one, but we weren't sorry about missing that dinner. (laughs) And then Haley was like, the food was good. And he's like, you're right. I got to eat the leftovers the next day. So really, I got the best part of that dinner. I like Ryan. He's weird, but I like Haley says more open communication in the beginning would not have gotten them to a better place than they are now. Oh, God. Basically, communication is not their problem, (laughs) which I actually believe is true. Then they show the massology. Haley was shocked that they won. Ryan was like, it means they know each other better than they think they do. And Haley talked about how she's competitive since she was happy for the win. (laughs) Ryan was a little bit jealous that everybody else got to do it, but that he's not surprised that Jake and Haley won because they are both very observant people 
And they're both active listeners. They show Ryan and Clara doing the letter writing. Emotions, emotions, connections, feels. <laughs> they show Haley and Jacob doing the letter writing. It's fine. Pastor Cal said sometimes it's easier to write down what you feel instead of saying it. It comes out better. Uh, then they show Clara telling the girls how great Ryan is. And Jamie said, Haley told Ryan exactly what she needed in this relationship and he delivered. And she's talking to Haley and she says, have you ever tried that with Jake? And Ryan laughs about how he is the good guy in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Haley says that they haven't gotten to that point yet. And Jamie asks, oh gosh, this is so boring. <laughs> Erica, Virginia, and the housing conversation. Haley says she wishes she didn't remember that conversation. And Ryan is like, I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan says he understands both perspectives. Uh, he says, you know, we get into this idea of right and wrong and, like, you kind of get stuck in your position. Haley actually says she's Switzerland. I swear they listen to this show because you call <laughs> Haley Switzerland like last week. <laughs> oh, or maybe you said it was Clara who was Switzerland. Yes. I thought that just leaving the word of the use Switzerland, I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> we'll take you where we can. Pastor Cal says having the argument in front of other people isn't ideal. And the goal with these fights and conversations should be resolution. And having other people around makes people dig in. He says that they should have a plan to get a house together in three months. And another little house for the cats. Because he doesn't like cats either. <laughs> He's like, the cats can go in the backyard in their own separate dwelling. They don't need to be in the bay. <laughs> Like, Virginia's not going to go for that, Pastor Cal. They once again, you know, harass Ryan about sex. That's what I'm calling it now. This Every time he's on Unfiltered now, he has to talk about how he hasn't had sex with Clara. <laughs> so Jamie asks him if he thinks it'll affect what she decides on decision day, and he says he doesn't think so. But yeah. Jamie asked him if he what? Um, If him not having sex will affect Clara's decision on decision day. Oh. I mean, why would he ask him? Why would she ask him that? Not Wasn't that a question for Clara? You would think, but Clara wasn't there, was she? <laughs> and, I mean, they have to think of new ways to be like, you haven't slept with your wife yet. You haven't slept with your wife yet. Can you tell us why you haven't slept with her yet? When do you plan to sleep with her? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have another little conversation about Haley and Jake. And Pastor Cal tries to sell her on the wonderfulness of Jake. You don't want to make a decision before you've considered everything. And it's just like, these people will really try to keep just outright fiction going. We all know Haley and Jacob are not saying yes on decision day. And that's for the best for both of them. But they have yeah. to keep this fiction like going that there's like a hope and a prayer. And that's why this episode was so awful. <laughs> you, you know how I feel. Like the, <laughs> the concept of unfiltered is still an enigma to me. I just don't know who came up with it, how they sold it. Because you have to go in there and avoid stuff. But the whole premise is you're supposed to go there to give context to shows, but you can't see anything. <laughs> I wonder if it would work better as an after show instead of a before show. But I guess they figured out that it's easier to get people to watch before the show than after the show. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was more like a context. Like, you know how you edit a lot of stuff and say, oh, before this, we had to go here. So I was tired. So that was, I don't know. Some behind the scenes type stuff but you have to find different ways to ask different questions and then they have to find different ways to answer the question so uh, uh, there's only so many ways but you know thanks for your service aid because I'm <laughs> never watching that show <laughs> and my service is done for this season 
Yay! What a great season. All right, on to the regular show. On to the regular show. We are going to start with Haley and Jacob. I'm going to tell you guys, Haley and Jacob are the one couple. I know, like, all the couples annoy me now, but Haley and Jacob, I just gloss over. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're trying to do by telling us they're trying, looking for positive moments. Decision day is in two weeks. In their case, the next day. What positivity are you looking for the day before? So the fact that they're trying to feed us all this bullshit is actually quite insulting. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of glossing over, but I'll do my best. I mean, I still took a lot of notes because they showed them. So anyway, Haley makes it back to Atlanta and Jacob is in the living room in his uniform. And I say uniform because I feel like Jacob wears the same thing. They're just two shirts that are long sleeve, his jeans and his pointy boots. And he's sitting there. Haley tells us that she thought they were good, but he just left early. She asks him about it, and he says oh, he, the person that takes care of his dogs, who happens to be his neighbor, is like a production assistant, I think he said, but was called in for work early, and he just freaked out about feeding the dogs and because he, uh, early is like 4 a.m. is what he said. So Haley is actually understanding and says, you know, she would freak out too. He continues to tell her that he pulled out, you know, his security camera and saw both his dogs staring at the door, and it made it worse, and y'all know people don't play with their dogs, so... Um, he just left. Haley tells us that she understands why he left, but he never communicated with her that he was leaving, which I agree. Like, all she, he had to do was send a text. So, um, why bother? <laughs> this is true because Jake was already was she, there under duress. <laughs> he's a grown man. Was she worried that he wrecked on the side of the road? Production would have told her, like, don't worry about it. It's, like, just, it's like looking for conflict. This relationship is dead. Why do you care? No, to be, I still stand by it's just courtesy. I mean, you don't have to, you know, be romantic or anything, but there was a house full of people and you're leaving early. Like, hey, it's not an Irish goodbye. It's like, hey guys, I'm leaving early. My dog is in blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they have a gr- Actually, you know what? This is the one group that probably doesn't have a group chat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyways. So she says she had hoped that, you know, they'd be at a completely different place. Why? I don't know. And she's really just trying to figure out where her head's at. I'm like, Haley, you know, we know, and stop trying to fool us. And they end by saying that, you know, they had a good time. Um, I think it was an interesting choice not to have Jake in a confessional. And, you know, the producer asking him why he didn't let her know, just to hear his point of view. Because the irony was like when she walked in, he was on the phone. So, you know, you could send a text, but okay. Um, This week, all the couples individually meet with their friend or family to help them towards their decision for decision day and Haley is with her friend Monica I think we've met Monica before right yes Monica was in her um telling them about I'm gonna get married scene getting married possibly the housewarming too but definitely telling them she she wasn't at the housewarming that I remember it was Lauren and the other girl whose nose Jake might find sexy so Haley's with her friend Monica and they're taking shots and I just want to point out that we all get on Virginia for her drinking, but roll the tape. But every time we see Haley, she's drinking. And that's facts. But she doesn't get as much. Her husband is not berating her for her drinking habits every episode. 
<laughs> so it doesn't have the same effect on her life. <laughs> well, also Haley doesn't wear drinking doesn't have drinking as a personality. She has travel for that, so maybe that's what it is. But yeah, she's always drinking and they're taking shots. So Haley tells us that you know marriage is a huge commitment and she's kind of run from relationships and she was tired of doing that. She says marriage has not been what she's expected, but she feels like she doesn't want to give up easily. You know, someone DM'd us, Mary Ainsley, to tell us that tonight's episode is just going to be producers editing to make us think everyone will do the opposite of what they're going to do. And anyone hearing this would think that maybe Haley and Jacob, like if someone's watching this episode for the first time, you'd think that there's going to be a chance. When, like Aid said earlier, there's absolutely, like, I almost feel like if, I want to say that if they stay together, I will shave my head. But I shouldn't say that just in case because they're crazy. <laughs> you can't put your you can't put your life in their hands like that. I cannot. But we are like me, you, a lot of the people are one hundred percent sure that they're not staying together. So what is the point of all of this? And so, then you have to wonder. Okay, let's just say one of them loses their damn minds, and <laughs> and is like, uh, maybe there's something we can work on. And one of them says yes. And one of them says no. I, I can even see, no, they just don't seem like that terrible people. If Because I could see someone be like, I'm just going to say yes just to fuck with her <laughs> or fuck with him. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could see them saying yes. But they're, I don't think they're bad people like that. So I think they're just both going to say no. Plus, they're in pain. They're miserable. <laughs> I don't know what it is that's keeping them, but everything just seems like a like a chore. So, yeah. So Monica asks um, Haley if she's anxious for decision day. And Haley says there's been days that she wants to run and days that they've had great times. So the nerves are there. And A, can you tell me one great time that they had? Because I must have skipped it. Because, <laughs> I mean, good times, I can kind of see. But There was that times. dinner in Las Vegas. <laughs> Before they had from sex. <laughs> oh, the one where they had sex? I should probably no, had a great time. They had sex. <laughs> Maybe. With the, the aquarium or whatever that they got to oh, eat there. <laughs> that was an okay time. Because I was about to say. <laughs> but, anyways, in Haley's mind, she had a great time. So let me not take that away from her. I'm just being mean now. So she says the, the nerves are there that, you know, everyone comes into your life for a reason. So I'm so confused. Ugh. Anyways. Um, Monica asked her what the red flags are. Okay, this is where I got really, really annoyed with Haley. First, she says, oh, he's 38 and 39 and single and never been married. And that was so annoying because I forget how old um, Haley is. Is she 30? But in her no, early she's 28. She's 28? Okay, fine. But if she's still single at 38, does she consider herself a red flag? Like, I, I don't know how you judge people on that. And I know that some people believe that, like, if you're a certain age and you've never been married and there's something wrong with you. But sometimes, you know, you just didn't meet anyone you had a connection with. But on the flip side, she's not never had a relationship since high school. You're a red flag, Haley. <laughs> that was so annoying. She's just speaking with the boldness of youth. That's all. <laughs> ugh. Like, we'll check ugh. it in Haley in 10 years and see where she's at. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I hope I'm not invested in her life. <laughs> so she brings up his past again, that the 10 years he's been in Atlanta, that, you know, nothing big has happened except him trying to date and his humor. 
I'm like, no, he seems to have a pretty decent career. He bought a house. He fixed it up. He has done more things in the past 10 years than date and try to get married. That's been a big part of his life. He's been very open about that. But I, I thought that was very reductionist of her. She's been saying that. And the way I took it, I didn't really give her flack for it because I just feel like he hasn't been open. There has been a scene where she asked, you know, what would you say are some memorable times? And he was like, nothing much, just dating. My friends got married, so there was nothing much to watch, nothing to do. Because, yes, he built a house and he's, you know, he had a good career, but he didn't build a house for 10 years. So I, I don't take it like his life wasn't like, he wasn't doing anything in his life. It was just like, he's not forthcoming with his life. Okay. So I can kind of see her point in, in, in that part. So Monica asked what his good qualities are and then describing him like a dog. She's like, he's loyal. He did this process. He's good with dogs and he's a good guy, but they just don't understand each other. And that might be the most intelligent thing she said, because it's true. Actually, not the most intelligent. That is the truest thing. I think Aid said this last week that they're just not compatible. So you can't fix that, right? Yeah, you can't fix it if you're not compatible with someone. So Monica says it did get rocky, but she just needs to be confident and stay open in her decision. I don't know what that means. Her decision's gonna be no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's very repetitive of me, but I don't. Every time I see them, I'm just like, why are you on my screen? You're going to say no. Moving on. Okay. So the friend, Monica asks again, what if Jake calls her and is like, you know what? I'm so sorry. My humor sucks. I dress badly. We don't understand each other. Let's try to work on this when the cameras go away. One, again, this is a valid question because, again, it seems like this process is so hard, especially with the camera. So what happens with the camera? But I don't like how she framed it. Like, this was very annoying. Why is Jake apologizing? I'm so sorry. My humor sucks. I dress badly. I feel like they were just attacking him. They're attacking his character. I mean, we could think of many things we could say about Haley. Like, you just want him to be a different person. And it's not like he didn't even try. He did try to change the way he dresses. He did say he will work on the humor. I don't know if he actually did, but I don't think those were good reasons to say. And then she started with him apologizing. I didn't like that at all. Because what is Haley taking accountability for in this whole relationship? Not much. And I guess the apology sounds like he should apologize for who he is and then <laughs> ask for another exactly. chance. And it's like, exactly. why would he apologize for who he is? Yep. So Haley says maybe she can see it and pull him out his shell, who knows what could happen. I'm like, okay, girl, whatever you say. Um, Jacob does have a friend. We do see that Jacob got a visit in a round robbing of all the couples, but he didn't get an actual scene. So I don't, they were so focused on editing to fool us into what they're going to decide that they just didn't fit him in. But in the very five second scene, he was just talking about how marriage was difficult and how it's been like a roller coaster and his friend, kind of jokes and is like, so that sounds like a regular old marriage. And that was all we saw with Jacob and his friends. So I wonder what happened in that area and why he didn't get like a full scene. Probably because he had an honest conversation with his friend where he's like, yeah, we're not going to work out. Okay. <laughs> and so they couldn't stick anything in there. <laughs> so all the couples have a final date. 
Um, they're at dinner and I am just as checked out as they are. I am tired of hearing them say no one knows what's going to happen. Haley is telling him that she's learned how to communicate and she's learned how to better process things. And Jacob says that he ha- he's learned patience under pressure and maybe his fashion sense. This is just, and his fashion sense wasn't great. And I'm like, the way they speak about Jacob's fashion sense, you would think, again, that he dressed like a clown. And I'm like, maybe I just have bad fashion sense, too. It's not that bad. So, yeah. I, I, yes, I don't think it's that bad. The one time I ripped him in the beginning of the season, he had this horribly, horribly fitted jeans. But this is what the man likes. We all can't wear the same thing. So... <laughs> They go back home and they're reminiscing over Dr. Pepper's exercise and the positive things that they said about each other. And Jacob says, hopefully they can go into decision day and ride the positive wave and see what happens. Okay. Haley tells us that she's been single for seven years and doesn't want a divorce, but they have to make the best decision for both of them. And it is pressure. Um, they're chilling at home, and Jacob has this shirt. <laughs> okay, I guess it's like an 80s t-shirt. Is the best uh, thing I, I do not it. do the 80s dirty like that. <laughs> okay, I'm not, but I not just, that I was around. <laughs> it was a white t-shirt. It was like a, okay, it was like a graphic tee, so there's a graphic in the front, but it's like cut off. There's no sleeves. It's sleeveless. The back is so tattered at the very top. <laughs> Listen, I leave the man. It wasn't that bad. It, it really was that bad, though. <laughs> we stay home. We try for you, Jake. We try to say this woman is being terrible to talk about your bad fashion sense all the time, which is true. And then you decide to reward us for our loyalty by wearing that travesty. I mean, it wasn't a shirt. I was like, did your dog get a hold of it? Like, what happened? <laughs> oh, man. That and shirt was horrible. <laughs> And I think he still had his boots on, so in the house. <laughs> but yeah, they're talking about the same old things about trying, positive, who knows. So I'm not gonna bore you with that. <laughs> and then <laughs> the last night, you know, Haley thinks that oddly enough, they're in a good place. How? Why? But they're they- agreed to go their separate ways. That's why they're in a good place. <laughs> She's like, I'm finally free. Um, I'm not quite sure how they decided that the men, the men were the one that were going to leave the apartment. I wonder how they came up with that decision. But all the men are the ones who leave the apartment. Jacob says he wants to make this work because if he gets a divorce, it'll be a failure. He'll be 40 and dating, and that is daunting. He ain't lying. Dating was daunting. Like, it was just not fun. But you shouldn't stay with someone if you're this miserable. So he uneventfully uneventfully leaves. Like, he has no bags, nothing. He just walks out. <laughs> like, what is happening? I thought he was going to go walk the dogs until I realized Haley was like, bye, well, next time we see is going to be decision day. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure he probably, when the camera um, stopped, he just came back and picked up his bags. <laughs> just went. But Haley says the fear of the unknown is making her anxious because Jake is loyal, stable, and someone she can trust. I mean, go get her dog if that's what you're looking for, but that was it for the couples, for Haley and Jacob. Yeah, I was real bored. Yeah, it was boring. The whole time I was watching them, I was just like, please. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be over. <laughs> I, so when they were at dinner, and this was kind of common throughout the episode, I did make a note of it every time. 
there was a lot of strung together sentences this episode, like more than I, I think I've ever seen or heard. Yeah. Um, and you can actually, you have to listen really closely, but you can tell because the audio changes. So yeah. they're stringing things together that people probably said months ago to make these things, to make us think that there's a decision that's going to be made on decision day. Yeah. And then we're seeing the back of their heads. <laughs> yeah. Like, they like were very really bad this episode. Yeah, like really Mary said, the, the producers were working really hard. <laughs> Some editing going on, but yeah. Oh, okay. So on to Virginia and Eric. We start with them in a bed playing with the dogs. Immediately, I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> 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 What's going to happen? Oh, okay. Everything's fine. Okay, good, good. Um, Virginia says that the weekend was fun. She says they're getting to the making up part quicker. And Eric says he wishes they would have figured it out sooner. Wait, can I just say, I didn't understand that, log- that logic. Because we're getting to the makeup part quicker and quicker, which I hope means it won't be a thing anymore. It just means like you're sweeping it under the rug faster. Like, <laughs> Correct, Tane. Correct. <laughs> They're like, oh, I mean, we could spend two hours trying to sweep stuff under the rug or 30 minutes. Let's do the 30 minute option. <laughs> They talk about how they know each other. Virginia says she knows him sometimes and sometimes she feels like she doesn't know him. In an interview, Eric says he wants them to be in a good spot so close to decision day. And it worries him where they are right now a little bit. And then right after, tells Virginia, I'm confident we'll figure it out. (laughs) Golly. So then we have the the one-on-one discussion with your friend. And Eric's friend is his friend, Jim, who is the one who sent us that message so long ago. I'm fairly okay. certain. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think Jim has been listened to us. <laughs> I really hope he hasn't been because we've talked a lot of shit about his friend. <laughs> he probably knows it. Nobody knows you like your friends. <laughs> At one point I was like, I really hope Jim has stopped listening to us. <laughs> um, but Jim, if you are there, hello. Uh, um, we see, we got like a close-up shot of Eric's dog text. And because I'm not really into dogs, I haven't really paid much attention to what his dog looked like. And this was the episode where I was like, that dog is quite ugly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> what do you think, Tane? I don't remember the dog. Oh my gosh. Yes, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might have been maybe I put my head down for a quick episode for a quick look and I missed it, but I don't remember the dog. I was actually looking at Rocky and I was like, wait, this is what Rocky looks like? I've been watching all these weeks and I'm like still questioning myself, like, huh. So yeah, I was just tired, maybe. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Eric tells Jim, I know why they matched us. You do? Um, and Jim asked, do, do you think you're in it for the long haul? And Eric says that he does think that they can be together for the long haul, but they have things to work on. Once again, they're okay to start talking about an issue, but they don't resolve them. And then this has been like a pattern with Eric where he talks about Virginia's childhood and Virginia's past. And it's yeah. gone from something to like an observation to where now it feels like a weapon that he wields yeah. against to say, well, you don't know, you don't understand, I have to work through this with you. I mean, trauma doesn't preclude people from not liking your ass because you're annoying, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Plus, in his mind, he has no trauma. 
And then he was like, I never said I was perfect. Well, you kind of think you are, dude. It's amazing how someone can weaponize, and that's what it is, weaponizing. Like, so you grow up in a house with two parents and you believe nothing bad happened to you your whole life. Ergo, you're a great partner. But you're not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the fact that a grown man in his 30s called his parents' marriage near perfect, that's all you need to know. Anyone with any lick of sense knows that you cannot put perfect and a marriage together because nothing in this life is perfect. So I don't, I'm like, I don't know what you were watching. Like if you watch anybody's marriage, I mean, do they lie to you? If you talk to people who've been married for a long time, they will never use the word perfect. Every single one of them will talk about up and down. Yes. (laughs) Realistically, we're so good. So good. (laughs) And he says when she reveals stuff, it brings them together. And then when she's ready to let me fully in, then he's going to be there. And Jim asks, what would you, she say her biggest in- issue is with you? And he says the things that he says don't come out correct. <laughs> and then this part was kind of fun. They do a greatest hit of Eric's ultimatums. <laughs> <laughs> they just flash back to all of them over the entire eight weeks. <laughs> And Eric says he gets flustered and it makes her think that I mean something that when I don't at all. And I'm like, well, then what do you mean? But he thinks he's resolved it. I'm like, no, you haven't. And Jim makes mention of D-Day. Does Jim get a lecture on Higginbotts and Dwight Eisenhower? No. He does not. <laughs> no, because I, 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 I caught that. And I was like, okay, where is the whole thing? Oh, so it is not about, you know the word it's the person in it eric says he wants to continue this but he's not her number one person right now he's pretty sure he's not even her best friend (laughs) and your spouse is supposed to be your number one person he also says he doesn't want to be blindsided and i'm like i like how they're setting us up for i feel like they were more open this episode about what people one half of the couple will say and the mystery is what the other half will say so in the Virginia and Eric, they really set up this episode that Eric's going to say yes, but we don't know what Virginia's going to say. Yeah. So Virginia does her friend meetup, and she tells us that she knows Eric is worried about her guy friends, but her guy friends are protective like brothers. They want her to be happy. So one of her guy friends is the one who comes over to talk to her about decision day. I was very, I have been confused about the timing for this episode because I thought the marriages were in August. And it appears that it's Halloween around decision day. It's got to be at least October because there's Halloween candy out. (laughs) And at the bar, there was some sort of Halloween decoration. Oh. So I think the late August marriages would put us September, October. I think that would would be about right. But someone told me the weddings were in June. So, and I think that's wrong. This is so unlike me. I did not see candy. I did not see decorations. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I can always see candy. (laughs) (laughs) only chocolate though i always check the candy bowl no one wants i mean i don't want any starburst i don't want any skittles i only want chocolate i love those we could split a candy bowl then so (laughs) i did not catch the name of her friend Aaron. thank you so she talks to Aaron about personal space and uh, eric is in her personal space a lot for her this has come up before 
I think it's just one of those like love language things. Like I think his love language is touching and it's not her love language. So that's a bit of a, a mismatch. Which is fine. But when you say personal space and you're married and marriage, what are we doing here? Why did you think you were ready? I know I've asked this question, guys. I know everyone's sick of me asking this question, but every episode I watch Virginia, I'm like, what was the the thought process where you thought I am ready for marriage? Because she just seems, she wants her space so much. I don't know how you get personal space and marry and be in the same place with someone. Well, that's why she doesn't want to move to the condo, but it kind of comes with getting married, isn't it? Um, No, I just think some people are more touchy than others. Like when she's talking about personal space, She's talking about, like, affection and touching. And some people just need more than others. I think there's a lot of married people who, like, aren't super touchy. No, I understand that. I guess my definition is not um, uh, touchy, touchy-feely. My definition is, like, she wants space. She wants to, like, not be around. Like, she wants to go, like, away and have her own space and just be with Rocky and be by herself or be with her friends. That's not what want... I, how I interpreted what she was saying. Because I know I... she's mentioned it before. Okay. I, I get it. I mean, she. I agree with you that she wants all those other spaces that you talked about. <laughs> but in this context, I assume that she was talking about the touching. Well, I didn't think it was the touching because they have talked about how both of them are both affectionate. On their wedding day, they couldn't stop touching each other. They just kept hugging and holding each other. And then when Dr. Pepper came, they talked about it. And it was like, we're both on the same level when it comes to touching. They're always holding hands, kissing, and all that. So that must be new if that came up, that she doesn't like being touched. But the personal space, she's always like, why are you around when they said she, when he said he travels for work, he was, she was like, oh, that's great because I need my space. And then, you know, when she's there, it's like, we don't have to, you know, always be together all the time. We can always do our own thing and you do our own thing. So that was my interpretation. I go back to their wedding. They just couldn't stop. Even afterwards, they're always touching on each other. Yeah, but there, there's been another time in one of these discussions where she specifically talks about, like, being in the house and, like, cooking or something. And then he comes and he touches. And she's like, wah, I have too much touching. So it's weird that she did tell Dr. Pepper that they're good with affection. I don't know. I feel like they're good with affection, but they may not be on the same page about the volume. I just think she wants him out the house. <laughs> well, <they're... laughs> And that like, has to do more with personal like and dislike. I don't think she likes him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she seems so irritated this episode. Like, why are you breathing? Like, it doesn't matter what he did. She'll poke at it. So, yeah. <laughs> they talked about farting. And she says, yes, she's heard him fart. Um, <laughs> everyone tells me that it's normal married issues. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds yes. Um, her college relationships weren't the healthiest. She says, she that... says yes. <laughs> sorry, I was just gonna say, this is why this is my fear of why she'll say yes. They're both very emotional. Are they strong enough to make it in the real world? And then at that point, they uh called the friend Abby. At one point, I was like, is that her sister? But no, it's her friend Abby. She tells Abby that was good in the beginning and then there was a regression with a lot of fighting and now they're sort of back to good, but not really. And then she discusses her her drinking schedule. So she wants him to come out and have fun, but if he's not going to, then he she wants him to be okay with her to go out without him. And her friend very reasonably asks, is it a lack of trust or is it wanting to spend time together? And Virginia says she does not know. 
I'm like, do you, what do you guys talk about? Because I think that's a really good, I wish Eric would really make that distinction very clear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he knows that he doesn't have her and he wants her. My thing is her friend Abby asked, what is your biggest issue with him? And her answer was like, him not wanting to go out to drink with her. How is that your biggest <laughs> issue? And also, why does the issue, the biggest issues change every week? Like, <laughs> this, is, this is one of my gripes about this season. It's like, they can't get a storyline and stick to it. We just keep blowing where the wind goes and we're supposed to just go along with it. So nothing makes sense. But, man, uh, if that's your biggest issue, then I don't know what to tell you. I think it, you're right in that they could not create a through line of Eric and Virginia's big fight because there were so many different ones to pick from. Yeah. Does not portend for good things. So then they talk about where to live. And this is kind of funny because Virginia's like, she's come to terms <laughs> with the fact that she's going to have to live there. And it's one of those things where it's like, Virginia, if you give in on this, what you have taught Eric is that he can browbeat you into things. If you could have just engaged in a reasonable discussion about this from the beginning, then you'd be in a different place. But now it's like, anyway, I understand sometimes you just got to come to terms with logic and facts. And I guess that's what happened to her. She says it's stupid for her to have to move, you know, her stuff into his place because when they get a place together, she'd have to move it again. So she's just going to have to live in his place and see what happens. Virginia says that she loves him and he's amazing, but her anxiety has been at an all-time high through this experience. <laughs> and Abby, good old Abby asks if she's ready to do this for life, and we don't get an answer because that would spoil decision day. <laughs> so then they go on their final date. It is very painful. It starts with Eric making a really nice toast about loving her and thanking her for doing the experience. And Eric says he's going to say yes, he wants to continue. Eric says, your smile to me is infectious. You have no idea the high I have when I just see you smile. And he just loves her so much. And he's been looking for that for a long time. And Eric starts talking about his fears. And then he starts tearing up. And, <laughs> Sorry. And it's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I felt so bad. Like, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him because he sounded like he was pleading with someone to love him. And, you know, he was just a boy standing in front of a girl asking her to love him. <laughs> and it shouldn't take all that. Um, but I also think what he was asking for is not what he really needs. Like, it was sad. It's more like, I don't want to lose you. And that's not a great, like, I don't think he even likes her that much. It's just what she represents. But yeah, I did say this whole dinner was a desperate plea by Eric, but Virginia was not having it, man. She was brutal. Savage. <laughs> Classy, bougie. <laughs> anyway, um, Virginia says the biggest like issue they have, because it's changed again, are their views on marriage. And it's something that they haven't found a middle ground on and it worries her. And Virginia doesn't think that saying yes will make it easy from there on out, which is really logical and smart of her. And Eric says he trusts her, but, 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 <laughs> which honestly, if you have to put a butt on it, you don't. Yeah. Um, because of his past, he doesn't want to be disrespected. And he's not saying that she has, but he's felt like that though. And he knows she has a lot of guy friends 
And he, this just goes to, a, as always, it just goes to a bizarre place. He's like, when I get a text, I tell you about it immediately. And I'm assuming he means a text from a woman. And I'm like, why does she want to know? And he just wants the same. And it's just an item that he believes in. <laughs> and like Tane says, Virginia's savage. Do you want to give me a list of items? <laughs> <laughs> and then he get, then he retracts, because that's Eric's thing. Like, attack, yeah. retract. So he retracts. Oh, I'd never tell you what you can and can't do. But you just did. Yep. <laughs> you can do whatever did. you want. It's your life. But if you yeah. want respect from me, you'll do a couple of these things to maybe help me out. What a butt guy. Everything comes with a butt. This whole respect thing, not because there shouldn't be respect in marriage, but it's like, Eric is like, I get to decide what respect is. And respect is when you do what I want you to do. And you believe what I want you to believe about your relationships that pre-existed our relationship. Eric apparently is a, I really just don't think Eric is set up to date or marry a woman who has male friends. He cannot deal. No, he can't. Because he's insecure. And he just, I mean, but I've noticed that, like they said, they've gotten better at arguing and that things don't spin out of control now. Mainly because Eric, I don't know if he shuts up or if he starts talking. I actually think a lot of the conflict bringing down has been Eric's actions. Because I feel like Virginia is mostly the same. <sighs> so <laughs> he he ends with, you know, I just, you know, I just want you to take these things into consideration. So I, we've gone from like disrespect of marriage to just, I want you to consider it. Um, he's never loved someone so quickly in his life and he wouldn't want anyone else but her. And Virginia says, I don't know that. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the problem. That's why I'm like, she seems like she's just irritated by him because it's not everything you think you say. I get it, be real and all that. But the, she was just saying everything she thought. Like, let him have his moment, girl. <laughs> if she says no on decision day, I don't think he could claim that he was not warned. This whole dinner was one long warning yeah. that she's not buying what you're selling. <laughs> I mean, um, but she she had a good point. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I do think you want someone else besides me because I too much about me is not working for you. And then we get, I actually kind of enjoyed this. I mean, she has a point because it's like, I've never loved anyone like I've loved you. And she was like, eh, I'm sure you felt that way about your ex-wife. And then he had nothing to say. He was just like, I mean, yes, I did. But still, don't bring that up. Why are you saying this out loud? Just go with the flow. But I don't know. She wanted to go into the soulmates discussion. Do you believe in soulmates? And he's like, I'm not going to lie for a period of time. I thought it was my ex-wife. But he was wrong. And Virginia's like, well, I believe in fate, but not in soulmates. And I was like, is your name Tanya from 90 Day Fiance? <laughs> Once again, we are having this soulmate discussion. <laughs> so. I think she looked pretty at the dinner, by the way. Oh, she looked gorgeous at the dinner. Her makeup, her the red color red looked really good on her and the hair yeah. pulled back. She looked really nice. Yeah. So they go home and they talk about, they have their like night before you leave you know, for decision day. And she talks about how they've grown used to just sleeping with each other. And it's nice to have a night together. And then Eric takes this opportunity because can't leave it alone. He's like, <laughs> I know we have our friends and stuff, but he likes their alone time. If he just left off the first part, that would have been an okay second part, but he didn't. <laughs> and Virginia says it's nice to have issues and not fight about them and knowing what we need and solving them. And they talk about how it's been six and a half weeks and it's our relationship. And it's a great story. 
And I think at one point I was like, has Eric been drinking? Seems like he's been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) He he once again is in salesman mode. He sees good things ahead if we want this. And Eric knows that they have stuff to work through, life, where they're going to live. But he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. And they once again bring up like the whole, we're going to stay together at his place. And he will do everything to make her comfortable. And she says, we'll see. Then they zoom in again on Eric's dog. (laughs) (laughs) She was just savage, man. I was like, geez. I didn't notice that they had that gift that he gave her, the location above their bed. I thought that was cute. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, just the, the corner. I also can't believe that they haven't washed their sheets. I mean, let's hope that they've washed it, but it's still the same sheets that we saw since they moved in, so... I'm sure they've washed their sheets. I mean, uh, uh, regular maid service. Hopefully that's part of the, the production deal. <laughs> so they have, like, more talking. And she says that they've made strides, blah, blah, blah. Eric says there are still things, and he'll write down what he expects. And Virginia says she doesn't like the word expects. <laughs> and she says it makes it seem like it has to happen instead of wants to happen. And then we end with her saying she's still contemplating what I, what she wants to do. And it's like, you guys, it is torture watching these two. It's actually kind of fun and entertaining in its own way. But like all of the arguments they had, we have seen them have them for the past eight weeks. Yeah. And actually for us, it's been 16 weeks of watching these two argue about the same shit. And yeah. Eric continue. It is actually truly sad to watch Eric try to convince us that this is what he wants. There is nothing about Virginia that is what he wants. He just wants a wife. And I said it in episode one. I was like, I knew it. I was like, he wants to be married really, really bad. And I think that might be a bad thing. Lo and behold, (laughs) he is now fighting for a relationship that is awful. Yeah. He just doesn't want to have a divorce, a second divorce on his resume. But onto my faves, Ryan and Clara. They're back home, and Clara tells us that the weekend was fun and long, but she's glad to be home with her husband. She tells Ryan that she's bummed that they missed the couple's game. I'm bummed, too. I'm so curious how they would have done, but I actually think that they would have kicked butt. I mean, she's telling Ryan that she thinks that they would have kicked butt, and he's agreeing, because, I mean, all that no sex leaves plenty of time for Q&A sessions. Look at (laughs) Haley and Jacob. That's why they won. They're not having sex. So... Um, on today's episode of Clara's Mixed Messages, she tells us that she and Ryan were meant to be, and she can't imagine that she would have worked out with anyone. But decision day is coming, and he hasn't said I love you, and she's worried because she got married to fall in love and be loved back, and if he doesn't love her back, she would be really hurt. And at this point in the episode, I was just annoyed because I really, really hate how they treated that rant. Like, it was a figment of our imagination. It's like they ended that episode with the rant, and then we never talked about it again. And we had two expert episodes after that rant, and it didn't come up. So that was very annoying for me. So, oh, I also noticed that they're always in the same position on the couch, with Clara stretched out and Ryan just, like, facing her all the time. (laughs) So she asks him if he thinks he's changed since the night before the wedding. And he says the only thing that's changed is he has a responsibility, a wide-ranging net of responsibilities that are focused towards her. It was really cute because Ryan does talk like he's giving a presentation at work, but (laughs) (laughs) I swear I saw Clara twitching. But again, in general, from day one till now, 
they always make Clara and Ryan's interactions awkward. I don't know what they're doing, but it's always like awkward. Like they're not comfortable around each other. So whatever they're saying doesn't match their body language. Um, he says that he didn't think that this would be so top of mind, you know, for him. So Clara says for her, she's a little bit more intentional with her time and her attention. She mentions how her life is slower and by 10.30, she's wondering how she's still awake. So back to the question, it's the question where she was asked, I don't know if you remember last week in the couples retreat, where is she losing herself? It seems like Clara is changing, quote unquote, of her own accord and not because of him. Like maybe she wants to be more with him and considers him, you know, before she does things. What do you think? You, you think she's making him perhaps a priority? <laughs> Everything that Eric <laughs> wants from Virginia. <laughs> I, it is so hard when you're in the beginning of a relationship to be like, you will change. Like if you're with yeah. someone, they will change you. And it's just so hard, especially people from the outside are like, are you changing or are you like being changed? Yeah. But from Clara and Ryan, I think Clara is just changing. Like she's going to bed yeah. at a grown up time. You know, it's not a bad yeah. thing. I should give it a try. <laughs> I know. Like it'll be nine o'clock. I'm probably tired. And I'm like, no, but who goes to bed at nine? I'm like, who made that rule? Yes, you can go to bed, Tane. You don't have to wait till 1 a.m. <laughs> before you go to bed. <laughs> So they flash back to where, you know, they're finding about each other right after they got married. And she tells him, you know, maybe you can give me some kind of routine in my life. And it's 42 days ago. Why does Ryan look younger 42 days ago? The facial hair. <laughs> he had facial. Well, maybe he didn't actually. The way it is styled makes a huge difference on was... Ryan's attractiveness and age level. <laughs> so one day we have to see him without all of that and a new hairstyle. So Ryan says there's light at the end of the tunnel with decision day around the corner. So Ryan says he thought he knew what he was getting into, but his analytical mind is weighing the pros and the cons. So it's their turn to talk to their friends and family. And then Ryan has his friend AJ um, coming to visit him. We actually, I just realized, didn't see much of Ryan's family besides the brunch. After that, nothing else. Because I just true. realized we've met Clara's parents. But yeah. Did so, he see any friends either? Ryan? Wait, his, oh, his friends came to the housewarming. But I think yes. that's the last time, his right? His friends are the couple. And then this is AJ now. Yes. So AJ asks him how it's going. And Ryan tells him that it's going very well. That within, which was so specific, 12 to 16 hours of interacting with Clara. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> also known as the time that I'm awake. <laughs> He knew exactly why they got matched. And I like the way he described her, that she's bold, she's courageous, she's creative, she's quirky. Because you you think it's so easy, but oftentimes you ask people, what do you like about a person? And they don't say things that are unique to the person. They just say this, they're funny, they're smart, they're pretty, and all that. So I just kind of like how he described her. But the toughest part to him is that, you know, this is an expedited process and they don't have the luxury of time. So AJ asked the biggest challenges personality wise. And Ryan is like, she puts everything out there that she's feeling. So every day is talking about feelings. 
And some days he just doesn't have any feelings. But he doesn't say it like the way he said it. He didn't say it in like a mean way because he adds like, I mean, it's not bad to talk about feelings, but sometimes he just wants to talk about sports. Aiden, I figured you would like that. <laughs> yes, because I don't want, who wants to talk about feelings all day? <laughs> so AJ asked the biggest obstacle that they'll they'll have to figure out before decision day. And Ryan is like, you know, goal setting together. What are her goals? What are his goals? How do they align as them together? It doesn't even sound like an obstacle. Is that an obstacle? <laughs> Figuring out your goals together? It's not an obstacle unless you're with a person who like, I don't know, like some people, I was once in a married couple's bedroom and they had their goals listed on a whiteboard. So it was like the first thing they saw when they got up in the morning and I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> but not everybody thinks like that. That is very true. Oh, you just reminded me of a cute couple on the challenge. They have their goals and their dream boards and all that together. But anyways, AJ asks if they're on the same page with that. And then they flash back. I think the producers are trying to create some kind of discrepancy because we know they're staying together. And flashback to their donut date where she says she doesn't particularly have anything that drives or motivates her. But Ryan responds to AJ and goes, that's a good question. And that's it. Like the transition, <laughs> this episode was so terrible. I, I don't know. I think they've stopped trying too. <laughs> well, I also think what ends up happening is if you have a nice, normal conversation with your friend about how much you like Clara, how you're going to say yes on decision day, that doesn't feed into their narrative. And so they have to chop, chop, chop <laughs> to make something, <laughs> to make something usable. <laughs> so Clara's um, friend is her friend Vicky, but she's FaceTiming with her. And she tells us that she's going into decision day, um, very confident about her decision. But she thinks it's always important to check in with your friends, which as a sidebar, I actually agree with. There was a time when I was young and dumb. I really thought that your friends have no say or no bearings on your relationship. I'm just like, it's you and him. They don't say anything. But as I grew older, I figured that, you know, it's important, especially if your friends are a big part of your life. And they'll see things sometimes that you don't see because you think you're in love. So, <laughs> yes. Sidebar. But her friend asked her what it's like to be married and she jokes that she's turned into her friend because she's cooking, cleaning, and has the urge to make buffalo chicken dip. And it's nice to have something, someone to do things with because they just watch TV shows and do fun stuff and it's like she has a built-in friend. Doesn't that sound like fun? It oh, does. Wait, you're I... married. You have that. I'm... No. <laughs> to make buffalo chicken dip stuff like work do you, have you had buffalo chicken dip before i don't think i have actually not it, that i think about it there's a recipe on i think it's on the back of frank's red hot and uh <laughs> it involves canned chicken Ew. i have never in, before or since like seen a recipe that involved canned chicken but i've made it a time or two it is bomb it also involves like at least one or two packages of cream cheese. It's amazing. It's one of those beautiful recipes where you open a bunch of packages, mix it all together, stick it in the oven, and it's done. Okay, are you going to make some for me? Because I'm seeing myself with some pita chips. 
when when yeah, we are allowed to have parties again? This is a sad thing about life. I'm like, who's making buffalo chicken dip just for the two of you? You you need a crowd for that. Uh, next, <laughs> aren't you like waxed and ready for the streets? <laughs> <laughs> we can have a party of two while I'll just make you buffalo chicken dip. Okay. It's a date. Okay. Yay! Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was wondering whether they thought of these questions themselves, my questions were answered because her friend asked if there are any challenges and they flash back to the rant. And then I wasn't as annoyed because if you remember, I just earlier said I was annoyed that they were acting like it didn't happen. But Clara taunts to her friend with a straight face. She goes, I think we're good. And she says, we are 10 over 10. I have no complaints. <laughs> and this is the moment where I go from rooting for her to being worried because I'm like, is she being controlled or is this her? But let me tell you my theory. I just think they had a conversation about not talking or airing their dirty laundry out there. And Clara being the the kind of wife that she wants to be is someone who sticks, you know, or supports her husband. And she's not going to say anything that would embarrass him. Now, the concern is if this continues off camera, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm hoping it is because if it's not, ooh, you in danger, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the part where they zoomed in on her dirty socks? No. (laughs) So she was lying on the bed when she was talking to her friend and her feet were up in the air and they zoomed into the bottom of her feet and you could see the dirt on the white socks. (laughs) I saw it. I saw it. She had some yellow stuff on there, but I didn't think it was so bad. I was like, she's probably just walking around with her socks, but they happen to be white. So I think soft, dirty socks are better than dirty feet because there's some reality shows where I see feet and they're black. And I'm like, what are you doing that you get to the point where your feet, your bare feet are black? I don't know, but you could take off your dirty socks before you get into bed and that would be better. <laughs> hey, it was, it was in the air. It was in the air. <laughs> that is it's true. Not it's like not Haley touching the bed. Who has shoes on the sofa, on the bed, or anything. So I would defend my Clara. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, her friend asked her what she'll do if Ryan doesn't want to stay married. And Clara's like, nah, he's not going to do that. Again, these two are staying together. So they do an Enneagram personality t- test. Because, again, he talks like he's a computer. He said he needs a data point. I'm not completely convinced that Ryan isn't a bot. Because the things <laughs> she says are not quite normal human speak. Clara says, oh, I did this with our star signs. And Ryan is like, yeah, okay. This is based on us and not like a rule of the dice. But um, a fun fact, I've actually done the Enneagram personality test. If anybody wants to take it. I'm a six. I'm a loyal guardian. But um, she's answering questions like, um, are you ambitious? Do you strive for perfection? As you can guess, everything is like, nope, nope, nope. And then they edit it for Ryan looking like, who or what did I marry? And what am I doing? But Ryan says they have vastly different answers. But, you know, that was it. We got the music and then the cutoff and it was time for their final date. And they're playing, um, it's like a football, bowling, hybrid kind of thing. <laughs> and why are you laughing? Clara says she's never heard of this be- before. I have because of reality shows. You know, they find something and then all the producers suggest it to all the people. And Atlanta is a hub for reality shows. So 
I've seen that before. They take a, it's like a bowling, like bowling pins, like you're bowling, except it's just out there in the deck that looks like a cornhole kind of thing. And you take a football and try to hit it. And Ryan, I mean, he's not having sex. So maybe he's just like pent up aggression. He, he's being very violent about it because Clara looks actually scared. He's just, he's throwing but, with all his might. But Ryan does ask a rhetorical question. He says, did she get hit? No, she didn't. So what is she complaining about? <laughs> he didn't say, what is she complaining about? It was implied. It was implied. Like, you're fine. Like, you don't know what you're scared of. But Clara does say that she's doing this activity for him so he knows that she supports him in every aspect of his life, which is what I like about Clara. It's like, you don't have to do everything that you like. Like some people, I don't want to drink. Don't expect anything from me. I don't want to live in your condo. I don't even want to be with you. But anyways, so Clara, <laughs> so Ryan says he values one-on-one -on -one time with her because there's just so much, so many things to learn. He asks her once again, the best part about being married. And she says, you know, the experts blew her expectations out the water and they're like two puzzles that fit. And I have a question for you, Aid. Who do you think is worse at the exaggerations, Eric or Clara? Eric. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Eric is worse. <laughs> so so good. But Ryan says they are uniquely bound, no matter what happens, and he wouldn't have wanted to share this experience with anyone else, no matter what happens on decision day. Dun dun dun. Oh. That's my version of the ominous music that came on, and then I just thought they were gonna give us the usual Clara twitch, and then they cut off. But Clara asks if they can talk about decision day in a more positive light, and she actually walks away. But there was a lot of editing in this scene because there was a part where Ryan allegedly said, "Yeah, it's scary," just like that. But it was definitely cut in. <laughs> we saw back of heads. Then we saw Ryan just look surprised. He had like this looks he had like two looks in one second i didn't know what was happening and then that was the end of the scene oh my god this is bad what did you think of the scene i didn't care um <laughs> from all of this talking and da, 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 they have edited it to where we know that claire is gonna say yes and we don't know what ryan's gonna say <laughs> yes like you said one person in one person out we don't know so they're back home and they're in bed as Clara tells us that Ryan is amazing, but it's obvious that he's holding back with sex and emotion and it's difficult to think about. So she's just not going to think about it, which is amazing. <laughs> An amazing oh, this is choice. not a bad plan. I mean, you're it almost is. that decision day. You don't have to think about it until they sit you in that room for four hours to get 10 minutes of footage of, I mean, the fact that these people are going to force us to watch a two hour show of 10 people saying yes and no. Stretch it out to two hours. Anyway. <laughs> so she says she's just going to enjoy the last night. Ryan is all, it's tough. And they're super editing it to make it seem like Ryan has doubts. But again, she has moved her stuff into his house. Where are we going <laughs> from here, guys? So she said he's trying to think through the scenario for sure. And Clara <laughs> says she's 100% certain and he's everything she was looking for, but worried about his commitment level and hopes he feels the same way. Ryan says the past eight weeks have been comfortable, meaningful, and impactful. And he kisses her goodbye and says he doesn't make decisions based on feelings. 
And that is how their scene ends. That's insane. What do you mean you don't make decisions based on feelings? You're not going to decide whether or not to stay married based on something besides your feelings? Yeah, that makes sense. You don't always follow your heart. Your heart will lead you down the right, the wrong path. You have to also use your head. Okay. Because then you'd be in love with someone who's mistreating you, like some people on this show. But you're like, oh, my heart, I feel this, I do that. But you have to be logical. Do we fit? Are we compatible? Can I live with this for the rest of my life? I mean, saying yes on decision day, they make it seem like it's the rest of your life. <laughs> you can go ahead and get divorced a month later, like many of us <laughs> has done. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I got for them. Okay, now we're on to our last couple, Brianna and Vincent. They're laying in bed talking about decision day. Vincent says he hopes for the best, but he hopes there is no people getting slapped or things getting thrown at people. <laughs> and I was like, you alone there, Vincent, because <laughs> I'm bloodthirsty at this point. I'm like, I'm happy to watch some craziness go down on decision day. <laughs> Vincent says we know who's staying together and who's not. And Brianna says, do we? And I said, yes, we all do. <laughs> uh, I don't know why she was trying to do the producer's job for them. Vincent's like, I hang out with these people. I can see what's going on here. So they discuss what people might say. Vincent thinks someone will cro- throw a cro- curveball, maybe Haley or Jake. And Brianna just looks at him like he's crazy. <laughs> really? He's like, something might happen there. Who knows? And Brianna says, you don't want to force a relationship. If it's not there, it's not there. Um, you don't know what an outcome will be of a couple or what they will do when they're put in that situation. And then, oh, and then Brianna says something she thought about when they got together is that he's unorganized. But she said, I decided I can be organized for the both of us. And Vincent says, I wouldn't say I'm unorganized. And Brianna says, it comes naturally to some others and others not so much. <sighs> Vincent says in an interview, she criticized me and it hurt me. Everything hurts Vince. <laughs> and so it's human nature, but it felt like, oh, you hurt me, now I'm gonna hurt you. Yeah. So Vincent says he want, he ta- decides to choose this moment right before decision day to tell her that he told the experts that he wanted someone who wasn't assertive or direct. And that when he heard that she was bossy at the wedding, that really turned him off. I was like, Vincent, we all watched his wedding on TV. There's a camera there. I didn't see you getting turned off about anything about her on the wedding day. That is yep. some retconning. Yep. And I also, it was two things for me. I'm like, was if he really said that, because I didn't quite fully believe that he actually said that, that he, he didn't want someone that was assertive or direct are we, is he trying to say that he asked for someone that was submissive? And then if he did ask for someone that was submissive, I guess this is our hint that the experts just ignored the do not want list of participants. Like, don't worry about it. We're just going to get you someone. This is times where I'm like, can't wait to watch the matchmaking special, which will be a bonus yeah. on Patreon, because I'll be yeah. looking for that clip where Vincent supposedly says he doesn't want anybody direct or assertive. And I guess, I mean, I know it's part of my own communication style, but I'm like, yes, there is a a line and it can cross into like bossiness or controlling or whatever. But like, who wants to live with someone who will never tell you what they think? (laughs) Yeah, but I, I, I mentioned this last week. I just think that Vince has a little, it might be cultural. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but he has this machismo thing going that's not cute. 
I th- separate from that, because I think you're right, this whole interaction is just like, you told me something I didn't like to hear, and so now I'm going to tell you something to hurt you. And that's not kind. No, it's not. It's a tit for tat. It's childish. Vince is childish. <laughs> and then Brianna says how she was hurt by the term turn off, and that's not something you want to hear. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. So they just returned from a road trip. They were responsible for cooking at least one meal on that road trip. They had to get a car or decide which car, drive down, pack up, follow the instructions of the Airbnb. Because you know there's always instructions about stripping beds and taking out trash. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that Brianna probably did most of that mental load. And I think that's why she decided at that moment to be like, well, you're a little unorganized. Because who organized them getting down there? I have a feeling it was Brianna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with that. She just carries most of the load in that area. I mean, we already know he's lazy. Okay, I'm sorry. Passive. (laughs) (laughs) Brianna, so they have their their advice session. And instead of a friend, Brianna FaceTimes her mom, Nidra. I thought her mom's name was very pretty. I'm not sure how to say it. It's either Nidra or Nedra, but it's very pretty. And also her mom is just really pretty. She is. Uh, she just has like the kind of aura that you just feel like she's someone you want to be around. Yeah. So Bree says that the only way to make an educated decision is to talk to her mom about everything. I don't know about all that. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she had previously said she was not nervous, but now she is. At first she was very sure of herself and everything. And now she's like, what if? She thinks they're good together, but something that did concern her is that he's unorganized. And she told him that, and he took offense, and she's afraid of it becoming something bigger than it is. And her mom says communication comes in, and if you can't communicate, that's a big one. She tells her mom about what he said about the bossy and the turnoff and taking jabs at one of her characteristics. And her mom says that when they put all that into her marriage speech... They didn't mean it in a mean way. I don't know what kind of way you could mean it. I said, like, that was a, a very, I'm, I don't want to say dumb, but like, I still to this day do not understand why they felt the need to say that Brianna was bossy 50 million times. Yeah, it's not a good first impression adjective. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells her mom that he told, he's telling her, and also, Tane, I don't know if I said, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm not sure he ever said that. And if he did say that, then the experts really don't care. Um, (laughs) We'd be knowing. (laughs) And she says for him to say a week seven, you know, I don't want to be with someone who's direct, assertive, and bossy. Uh, And now you're saying that. Like, it's a little bit late. And mom says it could be cold feet all over again. And what if comes in and what if he says no and I said yes? And what if it comes down to someone who can't take me for me? And she doesn't want to change herself for anybody. And her mom says if it's like a bad trait and if it's deal breaker, let it go because she doesn't think Brianna will ever change. And once again, I just, I always think back to what you said about change, changing yourself versus compromise. Like it's a spectrum. <laughs> it sure is. And I can't figure out whether Brianna does need to change or she doesn't. I don't know. I feel I like think she, she was someone a little when... bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's just giving time. I think Brianna's is quote unquote fixable. I don't, it's Vince's that I'm like, I don't know if he can change. Like if you get butt hurt for everything, I, I, 
what do I do? Like, I can keep my mouth shut if you don't do something. And I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to say that. That might come off as mean. But if you get hurt, you can't unhurt yourself. So Vincent FaceTimes his cousin-in-law, Greg. And his cousin is like, you know, make not making fun, I don't know, teasing a little bit about his yeah. wedding band and how it feels like you've been married for years. It was very good-natured. Yeah. Um, Vincent says the whole experience has been a lot, but overall they have a good time and they joke around and they laugh and he loves her mom. <laughs> and we're supposed to juxtapose that with basically her mom saying, you don't need to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves the marriage gear that Brianna makes them. I guess she has a crafty side or a, a personalization side because they have cute little you know, stemless wine, portable wine glasses with Mr. and Mrs. and husband and wife. Yeah. He then talks about their issues with communications. He said they had a little hiccup. It was a five and a half hour drive and he was tired. And they talked about the bossy, assertive, direct, blah, blah, blah. They also flashed a cookie at that. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I will say this about Vincent. He's the one person who doesn't misrepresent conversations. He retells it as it is, the good and the bad. And even if he looks bad in it, he says it as it is, not an embellished retelling. <laughs> um, and his friends, I feel like, always then call him out. <laughs> it's um, the same friend. Oh, it's a, that, no, that yeah. was a cousin-in-law. I thought that was a different guy we went to lunch with that one time. It's the same guy with the dimples. Oh, okay. I don't think it's the same person. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> It was late, okay. but I thought it was the same. So he talked when they're talking about the assertive direct thing. He said that it's not worked out for him in the past to be with people who were like that. He's clashed with them, and then his friend. I always love it when on this show when they break the fourth wall because his friend is like, "When all the cameras go away, what's it gonna be like?" So then Brianna and Vincent go on their final date. I'm looking at Brianna's outfit. I was like, "Does she have to go into the office today?" That's like, it looks I like said. a. <laughs> She looked like she just got off work. <laughs> Later on, we find out that it's business on the top, dominatrix on the bottom. But <laughs> Brianna says, you look nice. And he says, you do too. And she says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> then there's more roller coaster talk. Oh, gosh. It really gets to a point where you're just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, I glazed out, but I'm like, what did Vince order? Was that a whole fish? I don't know. But someone looked up the restaurant. I uh, I saw it. It's some restaurant, a uh, sushi something restaurant. <laughs> they looked up the menu to find Vincent's dish so they could go there and get it, I guess. Yeah, because I'm like, what is that? That was the most interesting thing of that scene. So they talk about the bossy again, one of the correct characteristics that she doesn't plan on changing. And he says he's been with bossy people before and it hasn't worked out. And Brianna said when he called her like bossy, that it was like the saddest and toughest moment that they've had, which really portends pretty well for them if that is the actual truth. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. And I'm like, to be honest, everything they've had hasn't really been a big deal. It's just Vince. So that might be true. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like I just keep on sighing because I'm so bored. Um, they go. Do it. They, they go home. 
Vincent takes her shoes off. That's when we see that she's wearing these like crazy boots. <laughs> Vincent says he loves her and she says it means a lot and it makes her happy. And they talk about her, how her Spanish is coming. She's learning the words. And she, I, I, I don't even know why I'm recapping that. It was so boring. Um, then we get to them in bed and she, he says he has a surprise for her. Yeah. And she closes her eyes. And he says, look, I have a surprise for you. And he's holding a pair of scissors over her braid and he cuts it. Wait, wait, wait. You have to lead, do the lead up where she goes, is it good? She goes, it's good. Is it like cheesecake good? He goes, yes, it's cheesecake good. And I'm expecting not what happened at all. I I have a little PTSD from watching that. Oh. As a, I, I'm going to be real honest. Like, I wasn't actually that mad at Vincent because as soon as he did it and she was like, what the hell are you doing? He was immediately apologetic. And he was like, you told me that you wanted to take out your brains. So he was just confused. I don't think he had any like ill intent. <laughs> okay. I don't think he had ill intent either, but I got to tell you that I gasped out loud. I was watching this by myself. I gasped out loud. My jaw dropped. It took me a while to close it. And I'm just like, you don't play with a black woman's hair. No. I mean, Ever. I literally, I feel like when I, this is going to sound bad. I don't really trust people like that. Like, one of my fears is that someone would do that to one of my braids. <laughs> like, some <laughs> random weirdo would just, like, chop off a braid. So for your husband to do it in bed, I mean, I I was trying so hard to be like, okay, did she say she wanted to take them out in the morning? Because I think she has different hair for decision day. Like, he was just confused about the timing. I, I do have a little PTSD from watching that braid be cut on TV, though. <laughs> make any sense one he already said he was so tired he was just they were ready to go to bed are they gonna start taking the hair out today he had good intentions because it is cute oh someone to help me take my hair and all that but he's the one who gave that whole speech last week about talking about things right together before you do things so to take a scissors and cut off a braid (laughs) as about as you're about to go to bed doesn't make any sense because i don't think he had any intentions to start taking out braids that night. Uh, that was just not a thought out plan. But he, to his credit, he felt so bad. You could tell he felt so bad. He knew he was in trouble from the word go. He didn't even try to defend himself. He's like, oh, I don't fuck up. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a face palm. He was like, oh my God. Yeah. So they get up the next morning. They say goodbye. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's just weird. And he just kind of leaves. Vincent says that he's going to relax, chill, and think about the future, you know, on this last night by himself. And he says tomorrow he could be a happily married man or be divorced man at 28. I'm like, it's not really that bad. Um, (laughs) And then he says, it's nice knowing you, and walked out the door. And she's like, thank you for that? Yeah, that was very, very strange. Like, I almost want to believe that that was acting because... I mean, they're affectionate with each other. Like, when they see each other, they kiss, they whatever. He just walked out the door. And that was it. So that was weird. It wasn't on brand. No, it wasn't. It was just very strange. I don't know why they chose to end on that note. Well, we know why. To create some (laughs) drama. But you know what? Those two are going to say yes on decision day. Okay? Okay, so speaking of... So speaking of that, I, I, I it's safe to say we're on the same page. So Brianna and Vince are gonna state say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Brian and Clara are going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Haley and Jake are going to say no. And mm-hmm. Eugenia, unfortunately, are going to say yes. But divorce, let's give him, let's give him grace and say a year. <laughs> um, okay, we but can give him a year. Sure. I think the only thing that's like a question is I think Virginia might say no. <gasps> but I don't think she will. I don't think, I think there's a possibility of her saying no. But I predict that she will say yes. So what I want you to do, which is something you've done in the past that I think you like, what is the order they're going to appear on the couch? Okay, the order. Let me write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Because you always say they end on a happy note, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to start with Brianna and Vincent. Okay. Next will be Haley and Jacob, so we can get that out of the way, because we all know they're going to say no. Okay. Next will be Ryan and Clara. Okay. And then it'll be Eric and Virginia. If Virginia says no, then I will flip the last two. Ryan and Clara will go last, and Virginia and Eric will go second to last. Got it. We'll check in. (laughs) Not next week, guys. Remember, we're on a break next week in two weeks. (laughs) All right, so who has your bouquet? You know, I just changed my bouquet last minute right now, and I'm going to give it to Clara. If nothing else, for that last, to making that choice, like, you know what, this bothers me, but you know what? Not taking it on. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy it. I appreciate that from her. I like that for her. So that's, how, that's who has my bouquet. Who has yours? No one. I could not in good conscience give it to any of these people. I don't actually think they acted badly. I'm sure a lot of it is just editing, but there's no one who left me with positive feelings this week. So no one is getting a bouquet. That is very fair enough. <laughs> who has your burnt ashes? Oh, my ashes is about damn time. It goes to Vince. Sick of him. Sick of everything. <laughs> and then don't don't cut the braid. You traumatized us at home. So no. Who has yours? All eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> Each one of these people annoyed me in some way this evening, so they can all have my burnt ashes. And th- you know what? This is not portend for my overall view of this season. If the last episode before decision day, I'm just like, hey, I don't like any of you. <laughs> well, one final goodbye. <laughs> oh, so we love it when you guys leave us reviews. So we got this very nice review from UBU. Which is true. You should. Everybody should be themselves. Mm-hmm. Could not love this podcast more. If you're a Mass fan, I gotta think that you will love it too. The hosts are completely charming, and their relationship with each other is respectful and sweet. Their insights are top notch. I would listen to their take on just about anything. They are that good. One of the few things I look forward to each week. Thank you, UBU. It is like really nice for someone to call us charming. I'm like, oh, how many people have called me charming in my life? <laughs> Thank you. And we also got a review from Bubby's Bub, and it says soothing. I was looking to listen to some opinions about this new crazy show I started watching, and turns out these women are my favorites. Their intellectual approach to the show is weirdly soothing to me. Their rapport is cute while remaining intelligent. This is no easy feat. Thanks for your work and time on this. This was really nice. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so that's it for this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media.
And we are available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we will see you here in two weeks. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.